0: in your bowl or on your bulletin it says life is more than a box of chocolates and i was thinking about that and what's that really mean so according to forrest gump you never know what you're going to get right but but this time of year it's valentine's day we're celebrating love and how precious that can be and how expensive it is i mean and how awesome it can be But I was thinking about, what is a box of chocolates? Well, and I wasn't really sure, so I thought I'd buy myself one. So I'm going to sacrifice for you this morning. Um, But it's just, it's, it's random. It's sweet. If you eat too much of it, like I do, you don't feel so good after. It doesn't last long particularly when it comes to me. My wife will contest that if I get a, any sweets in my house, they generally don't last but just a little while. John, would you like a piece? I should actually give some to my wife. Here, why don't you hold that? Oh, and there's a cheat sheet. You know what you got? So if I pass this around, there won't be enough for everybody. But here's that. I was, um, this past, I don't know, a week or two ago, I found out something came in the mail and I found out I had a secret admirer. My wife knows about it. She's like, huh? I told you. Anyhow, it was interesting. Um, Actually, if you could put that picture up, Carol. Carol. I opened up a box that I got in the mail, and this was in it. Well, not this, but bags of these. And then I was like, wow, that's kind of like put themselves out there. And uh, and it, see, I wear contacts, and so I order them through the mail, and so 1-800-CONTACTS sent me some of these. And I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. I don't know that uh, they really love me. <laughs> They love my money. They want me to keep doing business with them. But then, then I th- remembered another conversation. You can take that picture down. That uh, Dina and I had had off and on over the years. And it's really been about how we would hear people refer to how much they love one another all the time. Well, you guys are passing those around. <laughs> That's cool. Don't eat the other ones you got today because those aren't actually chocolate. Um, Anyhow, when my daughter was growing up, she was a teenager, we'd hear, and Libby, good job today Libby, wherever you're at, but they'd always say, oh love you, love you, love you, they'd hang up the phone, love you, I'm like really, do you truly love them, or is it just something you're saying? You know, love is one of those things that we um, talk a lot about. This time of year it's promoted and makes a lot of money for candy companies, but does it... Do you truly know what love is? Because when you say you love somebody, it was a big deal. When I first told my wife that I loved her, that was a big deal. When I was growing up, to say that you love someone, that meant something. You know, it, it, the, the, the paper that you would pass around that says, do you like me? Check the box, yes or no. Do you remember that in school? Did you ever do that and then when they made a third box and it was like I'm not sure that was always heartbreaking but I went to a small school it was here and so um, after you went to the school long enough you made sure you passed that note to probably every girl that went to that school because there was probably only 30 of them but uh, but then after everybody got those notes and I got lots of no's but I got over it I finally met somebody that said yes and yeah, that was my wife. For and we we've, we've actually will have been dating this month for thirty years. We were we were eight when we met. <laughs> what is promised love? Is it like a box of chocolates, where it's sweet for the moment and, fa- and fades with time? Is it more like the life? Of What we heard Forrest Gump say is, is, is life or love in this case, do you really know what you're going to get? Well, I think one of the troubles we have at times is that we as believers, or a world when we said that God loves them, because love has been cheapened so much, they don't truly know what it means when I say, God loves you. See, I contend that the enemy is very wily. And, and he already knows he's not going to win the ultimate battle and have glory for himself. He knows he's going to spend eternity in damnation in hell. But if he can take some truths... And twist them. We were talking about the Leviathan. And and twist the truth so that love isn't truly what it's really meant to be anymore. Then when you hear the gospel that God loves you, you don't know what it really means because love has been cheapened. It has become a box of chocolates. And and so my hope today is that we're going to look at What is God's love like? What is true love? Now, this couple weeks, six weeks, however long it takes, we're going to be talking about promises. God has promised to love us. Let me read some of those promises. In in Isaiah 54.10, it says, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. And what, what it's saying here is that, do you think mountains are strong? Do you think hills are pretty stable? Even mountains and hills will be shaken. We've heard of earthquakes, right? We've seen them. We've seen mudslides. Even the mountains and the hills, which are very stable, God's saying here, may be removed. But my steadfast love, which is greater, his steadfast love is greater than the stability of a mountain or a hill. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant or guarantee or promise... Of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. What is this steadfast love? The steadfast love is a loyal love. Now, I said that love has been cheapened. Loyalty has been cheapened too. So when we stop, stop for a minute and, and consider who God is, well, God is, is God. He is, as I mentioned last week, absolute, unchanging he never fails. That's who God is. Foundationally, you will find nothing stronger than who our God is. There's so much stability in our God. And, and then in his love, it's very, much un, it's, it's very much unchanging. It's very stable. And then when we talked about his steadfast love is a loyal love. What is a loyal love? If we've been cheapened, are those chocolates good? I'm a little jealous. I didn't keep one for myself. I'm joking. But a loyal love is is one that you can count on. But when you've been let down so many times in life, it's hard to know or it's hard to trust. So, what is steadfast love? It's a loyal love, an unfailing kind of love, kindness, or goodness. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Steadfast love never ceases. It never comes to an end. I have a video here I'd like you to... Watch if you wouldn't mind. Carol, are you able to find out? Love. 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 Love, in this world, is pretty messed up. It asks for a lot and it never returns the favor. Love, in my world, well, it brings more trouble than it's worth. In my world, love felt like sabotage it flees into the night it it, it leaves at the first sign of trouble and it never feels like I love you no matter what because love in my world it leaves and when it leaves there's only disaster left no promises a lot but it doesn't deliver much it breaks hearts. I've picked up the pieces of my broken heart one too many times. So I build walls. Love isn't worth the tears. The pain, the loneliness. The surrender. It's exhausting. Even when you try to do love right, love fails. I have made a mess out of love. What good is it? it can't help me. Why well, love it all? Why do I even try to love? Why sacrifice to carry the burden? Why? 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 Because there is a perfect love. Perfect love that can end the disaster. A perfect love that can heal the brokenhearted. There is a love that saved those who are dwelling in this messed up world. God tells us about it because we wouldn't recognize it if it showed up on our own doorstep. It's a love that takes its time. It's profound. It doesn't brag or badmouth. God's love is like a shield that we know will never leave us. That you can trust, hoping, and you never ever exhaust it. That's his kind of love. And it never fails. And while we were keeping records of wrongs and self-seeking and being unkind, he still died for us. How can I love like that? How can I love like that? How can I love like that? Because I am loved like that. I can love well, not because of me. But because He first loved me. First John chapter 4, verse 7. We used to sing this song, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Um, It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. There's a lot of love in those two verses. And so what I want to do for you today is go through this passage and, and just really explain what God's saying to us in this passage. We, this year, have embarked. Church, whether you know it or not, we have embarked in a a process to become the church that God has designed us to be. We, We started off the first of the year talking about risking everything. What's that look like? What's the church look like? I made a promise we were going to go through the book of Acts this year, and we haven't even gotten there yet. When's it going to come? Well, it's going to come later in the year, but I felt like there was some things we needed to do first. Because when you get into the book of Acts and you start looking at the beginning of the church and what they were doing, this was a people that had experienced Jesus on such a level that they were willing to risk everything, to be all that God had intended them to be. They had already decided because of what they had seen, what they had experienced, what they had lived, that they would let themselves be little and let God be great in their lives. And so with that said... I want us to go through that process in these next few weeks of understanding who Jesus really was and who he is, who the, what the Holy Spirit is for us today, who God is. Because when we go into the book of Acts and we start to, to discover we as a church and how we should be, I want us to be in that place where we're willing to lay it all down. For his glory. What did I read in those first two verses? It said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. The second love in there is this love that you may have heard, may not have heard, but it's called agape. See, the English language is one that is very simple. We don't have a lot of words for different things. We, for there's different kinds of love, but we just say love. In in some of these other languages, Hebrew, Greek, they had multiple words. So for this kind of love, it's an agape love. This agape love is is let me read it to you. It's a it's a Christian Christ-like love, and a, an affectionate, non-sexual regarding regard for a person and their good as understood by God's moral character, especially characterized by a willing a willing forfeiture of rights or privileges in another person's behalf. It's this love where we have so much affection for someone. We care so deeply for someone that we will forget about our own desires will we'll, we'll consider their desires, their need, their well-being first and foremost. This agape love is exactly what we got to experience when Jesus, God's son, died on the cross. They, they completely abandoned anything that was good for Jesus' sake, for our sake. It, it, it says it was, a, it was a willing forfeiture of rights or privileges. Willfully they did this. Now, there's another word, another definition for agape, and it's this love feast. Now, we just feasted on some chocolates this morning, but I'm talking about a big feast, the big spread, like you'd see in front of a sumo wrestler. I mean, I'm talking like lots and lots of food. That's this love feast I'm talking about, but it's a love that you consume. See, God gave us this agape love, where he forfeited anything that was good for the, for the sake of his son, for us, so that we could feast upon that love. And when you feast upon that love and digest that love, that's a good thing. The problem is, is that we are, as a, as a culture, as a society today, we've been on this weird love diet we haven't been feasting on true love. We've been, we've been using artificial sweeteners. It, it, we've been feasting on, on love that's like a rice cake. You eat one and you're still like you had eaten nothing. I still don't know why they make those. But, but that's the kind of love that's available to us in, in the world today. And, and that's the love that we go after. It's imitation love. It's not the real thing. And, and I would encourage you today to really just focus in on how much God loves you and feast upon that agape love. It was, it was a love that they willfully forfeited what was good for them because of their love and affection for you. Now, there's two other mentions of love in there. And what's interesting about this, there, there's the agape love, and then there's... Uh, this other kind of love, and this other kind of love is, agapa, is agapow. Okay, now, have you ever say agapow? agapow. Have you ever watched Batman? Yeah. That's what I see when I hear that word is agapow, you know, and, and then the, it goes across the screen, you know. but that. So what's an agapow type of love? It's a love that's given away. It's an agape love where you willfully forfeit your own needs, your own desires, because of your affection for others, that you give it away. Agapau. It's an action. It's something that you do. So what is this passage saying? It says, beloved, you, you that I love so much and have great affection for, let us agapau, love one another. Not just say, I love you, and hand him a box of chocolates. It's saying, I will forfeit what's good for me because of my affection for you. Let us love one another, for this agape love is from God. And whoever agapao loves has been born of God and knows God. And then it gets really challenging as you read this. Because now it's just he's setting this up in the statement But then he goes in and really builds upon it as you go further through the verses. It says, anyone who does not agapow, anyone who does not love, does not know God. What do you mean? You're saying if I'm selfish in my love or I don't help others or I don't consider others before myself, I don't love God because I love God. Do you? Because if you truly know God, Nothing within you would be able to hold you back from actually loving others, Agapow, doing for others as God did for you. So my contention is this. I contend that you don't know God. And what I want you to do is get to know how much he truly, truly, truly loves you. our mission statement in the church, we have the first part of it says, to discover the reality of God's love. You know, that, that would be almost enough. Because if we just discovered the reality of how much God truly loves us and got to really know that, the way we were created was created with design and capacity to agapow, to love others unselfishly. Let me go on and continue to read. Again, in verse 8, it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. His very nature, His very existence, who He is, His characteristics, is that He, in and of Himself, loves regardless of His own need. He loves because of His affection for you. He will go above and beyond for you. That's how much He loves you. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So he doesn't just say it. Now he's going to explain to us when we saw that happen. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. In this was this agape love that, that he sent his son And then said, you know what, we're going to lay down his life and let, I love you so much, I'm going to let my son die for you. And it's not because you loved me. It's not like you did anything and this is why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I love you regardless of who you are, what you've done, or how you're acting. I love you, period. Period. End of story. There is, and that's where we've gotten things mixed up over time, is when we start loving one another, it is, I'll love you if, I'll give you a box of chocolates, but you got to give me a teddy bear. We did have this conversation in our house, not that one, but another one. And that was, did you get me anything for Valentine's Day? And then there was this pause and I thought, oh no, she did. Because if she did and I didn't, guess what? I must. So, so then the wheels start turning. Oh, okay, Doug, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So we had sushi last night. That's what we did. Sushi, good. Some people say bad. Actually, we had a date night. We actually went to a church service. Our first date ever was to a church service. And so we reenacted that, went to a different church service. But, but we did have our date night. But I, we, we've kind of messed up love still. We still think that uh, if if you give, then I if if I will give if I can get. And and what this true agape love is, which is also the same love, by the way, that we're supposed to give the agapao, agapao, pow. I just keep seeing that flash across the screen. We're supposed to give this kind of love, and it's the love that if we receive nothing back in return, because of our. Affection and compassion for others, we still do it. If you're a parent, you really start to understand this love. I, I heard, uh, I think it was Jeff or somebody referenced in, it was him, in men's breakfast yesterday. Now that he has a son that's three, four months old, uh, he's starting to understand the true love of a father. It, it's this love that no matter what your kids do, you're going to love them. Yeah, there could be disappointment that comes, but you're still going to love them. You might get frustrated with them, and you might show that frustration, but you're still going to love them, because that's the love of a father or of a mother. It's, it's this agape love. Let me continue to read. So it wasn't anything that we did. He, in this love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it wasn't just that he had so much affection and compassion for us. He actually knew that we were in a bad way. And so he was going to replace our bad way with a better way, the best way, with his son. See, the propitiation, it's a weird term. Say propitiation. It's a fun word. Propitiation. Say agapau. Propitiation. No, it's good. Okay. Propitiation is this, before we're saved, we are identified as in sin. I, I almost envision us as we've been walking through uh, a tank of tar. We're just covered in black and just sin. It's just dripping off of us, which is which in that it separates us from God because God can't have any participation in sin. And so, and not only does he... Uh, just not want to participate in it. He has a wrath, a holy anger against the sin. And before we accept the Lord as our Savior, we are in that wrath. But agape. He loves us so much that He offered up His Son as our propitiation, as our replacement to wash us clean so that we would no longer be sons of wrath but be, now become adopted as sons and daughters of God. It's an, if you just stop and consider, it's an awesome thing. There, is, there has been, never will be a love story greater than that. And it's not one that you watch on the screen. It's not one that you read in a book or on a Kindle. It's a love story that you're participating in. It's your love story. Will you feast on the love, his agape love, and really get to know what it is he has for you? Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Agape, agapau. We ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, agapao. This is that giving of love again. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love, agape love, is perfected in us. So so what do we do? We start practicing this. We we start working it through. We start saying, I'm going to love regardless of what they've done to me. See, what happens is there's nothing in this that I read that says, if somebody does me wrong, I can hate them. What I actually understand this to be is I was wrong outside of salvation. And I've been made right not because I loved him, but because I chose to be loved. So if that's the case, that I am to love even if somebody has done me wrong. And there may be a day that they no longer do me wrong. But regardless, I'm to love them. And not just put up with them. See, we as believers who need to be known as Christians, how do we get to be known as a Christian? That in spite of how we may be treated, in spite of what might be said, we will still agapao, love irregardless or regardless of how it affects us, how it may hurt us. God is a God that answers prayers that are prayed in Jesus' name or according to His will. And I know it's His will that if you will pray, God, give me eyes to see and have your heart for others. He will do just that. It will break your heart at first. I've shared this before, that I prayed this. And I can remember then seeing people completely different than I had seen them prior And what I got to see was I got to see how broken, how lost, how hurting people were that were separated from him, how lost. The lost part alone was heartbreaking. They were so active and so busy in doing things that had no purpose and no meaning. It was like watching somebody run in a NASCAR race on a bicycle. It just didn't work because they they weren't equipped to do what they were supposed to do in life. It was at the Yolo County Fair, the biggest free fair in California as far as I know. But I used to get so troubled by the activity I'd see there, and then I became jaded and critical and shut off to it all. And and it was like God spoke to me and said, that's not not the way you're to be, Doug. So God, give me eyes to see them as you see them. And it broke my heart. you start to understand that the enemy is so busy twisting. What what God meant to be pure and awesome, love, purpose, hope, joy. All those, you know, we go after false joy, we go after false hope, we go after false love all the time. But true love, true hope, true joy is an amazing thing. Let's continue in verse 13. It says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. You as a believer, as a Christian, you need to know that it's not to just exist. You are to abide in him and he in you. How do you abide? Abide is really you become one. Your thoughts and his thoughts, you can't distinguish between the two. That should be our desire and our goal as Believers is that as I'm thinking, those must be His thoughts. Because they're pure thoughts. They're right thoughts. Abiding in Him as we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. With His Spirit, we're able to abide. With His Spirit, we have the power to do. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Because of this salvation, because of the sacrifice, we've come to know how much God truly loves us. And, And maybe you've come to that realization that you understand how much God loves you. And that's awesome. But we're also to demonstrate that. And how we love others. It goes on, verse 16, this is is foundational to our faith. These three words, God is love. His very nature and the very nature of love is God. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. I would have to question somebody that said that they were a believer and didn't show love. I, I, I would, I'd be really concerned because the very nature of a believer would be one that would know God's love and in turn show that love. Verse 17, by this is, by, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence. Did I finish verse 16? So whoever abides in love, abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us. So how do, we, how do we get to this place where we can agapau, spend time with God, get to know his love for you? It's a great, great love. I'm going to skip to verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. A couple quick notes, because I know the time grows to a close. It says there is no fear in love. Here's the fear I would say. The fear in love, as I understand it, is, is not, I won't, it's not the fear that I'll be afraid of something. Well, it is to a certain extent. It's that I'm afraid that if I perfectly love Agapau like it says I'm supposed to, that I'll be inconvenienced or that I won't be taken care of. That's the fear. It's the apprehension. I'm apprehensive to, to show that perfect love, that agape love. But it says there is no fear in love, in, in true love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. As we're agapau, Perfect love. Showing love. There will be no apprehension. There will be no concern. There will be no reason. There will be no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So, this Valentine's Day, you're going to spend time with your your loved one. Maybe, maybe not. If If you're not... Dating or married? This is probably a holiday season that you just, or a day that you really don't like or you despise. But none of us are lacking. I know there's some that, just because of the number that are here, that there's got to be some that are saying, you know, your your heart yearns, yearns for true love. And you may be looking for true love in people. And if that's the yearning of your heart, I would say, don't, as we've heard said before, don't sell yourself cheap. Go after the true love. I've said many times, and this is kind of, I don't know, Advice 101 is, For you that may be single, I've shared many times that I encourage you to go after the one that loves you more than anyone will ever or could ever love you. And in your pursuit of Him, there'll be this awesome moment in time where you'll be able to look beside you and see someone else pursuing Him like you are. And that's the one that He wants to give you. See, that mate, that spouse... That is a gift from God. It's not something that you orchestrate and put together and then try to bring that before the Lord. Yes, that happens. But ideally, you should have such a love and you should know this agape love and so much. And so, know it's so true for yourself that when he brings that one alongside of you, the agapau that needs to exist in that relationship will be perfected. I just want to encourage you in that if you're single here today. And for the rest of those of us that might be married, I would encourage you to do the same. Go after the Lord with all your being. Get to know His love in such a way. See, love is not self-serving. True love is love that's to be given away.